as you can see on the board, it says Doctrine 101, Justification and Sanctification. And <clears throat> I'm going to make this it's as simple as I can so that we can grasp it. There's no reason to make it difficult because education or brilliance doesn't get us to heaven. But understanding and accepting through faith of what has happened does. And so this, this word justification and sanctification, if you're, and we consider ourselves Protestant Christians, only Protestant Christians primarily believe in justification and sanctification in that order. There are other sects of Christianity and other religions. They put sanctification in front of justification. See, sanctification is things that you do to be qualified to be justified, to be deemed holy or righteous. But only in, in our doctrine, and I believe the Bible, it says you're justified by Christ and you're sanctified as the Holy Spirit leads you into becoming that which you are by faith. Let's take a look at just a quick definition. Justification, the declaring of a person to be just or righteous. When Jesus died on the cross for our sins, there was only one, one way, a perfect sacrifice had to be, be made to make us righteous. And that was done by Jesus Christ. And by one sacrifice, all are justified. So look at sanctification. It, it's when God, through the Holy Spirit and his word, is conforming you little by little into the image of his son uh, to, to be made holy. To, you know, so, so we accept what Jesus did and said that in Romans, it tells us that you can't be saved without the Holy Spirit who's convicted you. So it said from that moment on, the Holy Spirit leads us to make decisions. You know, do things. And we do these things, you know, like forgive that person. I hate that person. Forgive that person. I have, to, I have to forgive them by faith. So we are given task or little bits of faith to walk out. And what it does is it proves that we are living under justification, that we believe that we're justified. Because, you know, other, other sects, other religions, other faiths, you have to stop eating meat to be considered just. Or you don't wear jewelry. Or you have to go to church on the Sabbath, on Saturday, or you're not gonna be considered forgiven. But wait a minute. That puts sanctification, things that I am being challenged by the Holy Spirit, in front of justification being for, can, you know, deemed holy. So in a scale, the things that I do in sanctification are greater. They qualify me for heaven, and they're greater than the cross. Does that seem right to you? That I, an un, un pure being, my actions are the ones that are going to get me to be qualified? And what happens if I live my life and at the end of my life, you know, I'm standing before the Lord and the Lord goes, well, you, you didn't do it this way. You were supposed to go to church for, you know, two hours a Sunday or Wednesday. I didn't. Let me go back. Oh, it's too late. Out. So, 
It, and that is why it, it is so important because the church, the, the Gnostics came in and they tried to control the church going, no, no, you have to do it this way. You have to do it this way. And say, as soon as you put just, uh, sanctification to be a man-made thing, they control the church and they're more important than the cross and Jesus' death itself. So, Let's, let's walk this out. There's, there's, some, there's some people who believe that, oh, when Jesus died, his death was so incredible that everyone is saved, but not everyone is born again. I'm like, no, because the Bible says that we walk our, by faith, that proves our justification, and we're giving these little tasks the rest of our life to walk out our sanctification to prove that we are living this by faith. So let's take a look, because before this gets too conf- you know, too weird, let's, go, let's see what Romans says. says, for by one sacrifice, who's that? <laughs> Good. <laughs> a little gold star on the way out on the forehead. He has made perfect, no more needed, Forever, those who are what? Sanctification. He did it. We believe it. So we walk it out in faith. That's, that's, that's it. Okay. Father, thank you for today. Some of you really wish that were true. <laughs> that's it. But it's so much more. That since we've been justified, since we have been justified, what's faith look like? Oh, I believe my house will be there when I get home tonight. If, if I went around and asked, what do you think faith is? You know, it, it's going to be so different from that person. And some of you, it may be faith. Some of just, where in the world did you come up with that? Please tell people you go to another church. Um, since you've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if, if, if I could just put this... There's something in the type of faith that's going to give us peace with God. If you have the wrong idea of faith, you're not going to have peace. And there's too many believers who, I believe in Jesus, I believe in Jesus. Does does that faith look like they have peace? I believe in Jesus. Sometimes that is faith. They're just holding on by thread, but the Bible says that's still faith. But we need to see what real faith looks like. How are, we, how are we going to get there and know that, that, that we're doing it? So, Jesus puts out a question to his disciples. And uh, at that time, there's a bunch of people around there going, you know, well, we think Jesus, you know, he's Elijah, come back. We believe he's a prophet. And so Jesus turns to his disciples and he goes, guys, who do you say I am? <laughs> like, when you told me to follow, you didn't say there was going to be tests. You know? 
<laughs> pop quizzes. I didn't get to study. And so the disciples give their, and one answer comes up, and it's Peter, the apostle Peter. He goes, <clears throat> you're the Christ. Ding! You win curtain number three. You know, he got the right answer. And because he got this right answer, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And he's like, whoa, you didn't figure this out. You got God in you to figure this out, my buddy. It was a simple answer. He goes, upon that, upon you, Peter, and that statement, I am going to build the church. The church is built upon that simple statement and that simple faith that Peter had. But you know, Pete's not just, if you know anything about the Apostle Peter, he was all, you know, he's the pick up the sword, cut the ear off, you know, the century, you know. He, he was always rushing in and he was always getting put back into place by Jesus. He goes, upon this. So we, we're going to take a look at the life of Peter real quickly to see what his faith was because Peter saw and was a part of many miracles more than they are recorded, his shadow would pass over sick people and they would be healed. His shadow, he didn't even say anything. He saw miracles after miracles. And, we, and, and for some reason, that's all we think we see about Peter's life. And we're going, I want my shadow. But you know what? If you had the faith of Peter, I believe we're all going to see miracles like that. But it's not until we get a look at real faith. And let me tell you, it is surprising. So surprising. So what does it look like? <clears throat> well, feeling unworthy of God's presence. You're going, wait, wait a minute. I was like feeling, I just want to be in God's presence. I tell you, there have been moments I've been in God's presence and I'm just like, oh dear Lord. Peter got in the presence of God. He saw his first miracle and Peter goes, get away from me. I'm not worthy. I am not worthy. I, I, I can't pick up this calling. I can't, I can't do that. I, I, I shouldn't even be looking upon that stuff. There's been times I've been in that kind of presence. Now, sometimes it's, it, can, it, it, it can be refreshing, it can be fulfilling, but I'm telling you, there's just some raw times in the presence of God when you are not worthy. I did a camp, it was before we started the church and I would speak at uh, youth camps and we were up in the mountains and we had this just incredible uh, meeting and kids were falling and and some were manifesting and, and the service just kept going and going. So some of the kids who were in the presence of God, they just loved it. They went out to the dock and they were just worshiping out on the, the lake. Well, they were on the shore and there was a bunch of the, the pot smokers were on the dock. They don't come to the meetings. We didn't make them come to the meetings. You know, they just got away from their parents going to a Christian camp. Um, <clears throat> I guess if you go to a Christian camp and you smoke pot, you can do it with a clear conscience. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and so there was a mist on the water and it wasn't from the smoke it was from the steam off the water and these kids went on the shore and they just kept worshiping and singing the songs that we had done inside 
And in the mist, some, a couple, I think it was two, two objects walked through the mist and it went through the mist and it left the shadow of an angel. Well, the kids are worshiping. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, we love you. We love you. Kids smoking pot are screaming. They couldn't stand up. They fell. Some camp person came in. They're going, those kids, they can't walk. They can't get up. They're screaming for help. We're afraid they're going to fall in the water and drown. And we were trying. They, they got the counselors trying to drag these kids off. And they're just screaming, I can't. Uh, God's here and I'm a sinner. And they, Sometimes faith looks like and feels like you're unworthy to be doing what you're doing. But I'm filthy rags. We see it throughout the scriptures whenever an angel or Jesus would show up, they said we would fall as dead men. Some people are going, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. If, if you're given a task, uh, something to move in faith, have you ever said, I'm not worthy? You're trembling because you're in fear unworthy of this thing that God's called you to do and be. And people back off. If you're, if, when you're given faith, you're sometimes also given the emotion that I'm not worthy to do this. That's called faith. Don't be mistaken thinking, well, faith is I'm empowered and you know, the fan's blowing your hair back. And this is what faith looks like. Right? But sometimes you get, it, you get called by the Holy Spirit to do something and then it's like, oh, not me. Uh-uh. I, 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 Tell me that's not true. That's what faith looks like because that happened to Peter. The man who saw and did miracles. That's what his faith looked like. It said, it's in Luke 5 eight, it says, when, Peter, when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away. I'm a sinful man. I just want you to know through the scriptures, Moses did the same thing, John the Baptist, Elijah, Thomas, the father of the sick boy, Gideon, David, Jonah, Mary and Martha. Remember Mary and Martha? You know, their brother dies, Jesus is away. Jesus comes back and they go, if you were only here. And Jesus is like, well, I was over there, but in reality, I'm everywhere. Well, we, we believe that you're God in the future, but not now. He goes, come on. They had doubt. They were standing right with Jesus and they were just doubt. Well, the list goes on and on. It's quite the long list. <laughs> Mother Teresa, you, if some of you remember who Mother Teresa was, she's just this little nun that moved to India and she did incredible, incredible things working with lepers and the sick and the dying. Just miraculous things. Spoke to world leaders around the world. And this is what she thought of herself. Says, I am a little pencil in the hand of a writing God who is sending a love letter to the world. She knew she was not worthy of what she was doing. I'm, at best, I'm a little pencil.
Wow. The real life of faith is that we are trying to feel worthy. We're trying to feel justified. The, the, The real life of faith is you need to just accept that Jesus made you justified. And our actions are just tasks that the Lord gives us and we move in faith though you may not feel worthy. Number two, what does faith look like? Doubt at the moment of triumph. (laughs) Then Matthew 14, the disciples are in a boat. They're traveling. Storm's coming. They're going, we're going to die. We're going to die. We're going to die. And then they see something going, it's a ghost. No, it's, it's, I, I, it's, and Jesus goes, it's me, guys. Hey. He goes, well, prove, Peter, prove it. You know, prove it that you, Lord. He goes, get out of the boat and walk. People would say, he sank. He got out of the boat. But he sank. <clears throat> he got out of the boat. Well, that doesn't sound like faith to me because he sank and had to scream out to Jesus. <clears throat> he got out of the boat. And it says he walked on water till he got to Jesus and he looked at the wind and the storm and then he sank. At the height of his triumph, you sink. That's what faith can look like. People going, you know, you gave such a great message last week before I hit those steps. I'm going, dear Lord, they're going to expect this next week. <laughs> I, as, who, heard, who heard Aslan teach last week? Was it phenomenal? Immediately, immediately I called her and told her what an incredible job it was. She goes, why are you calling me? You're being so nice. <laughs> Dad called, this has got to be bad. <laughs> Because I know at the height of your triumph, there's always, how many have been on an encounter who have taught? After you taught, it's like the worst couple of days ever. It was such a powerful, at the height of your triumph, there's this, Doubt at that doubt at that moment. If you start a ministry or have a message, powerful. The moment you change the world, there somehow this doubt comes in. How am I going to keep this going? So if you ever start to doubt in the middle of a great triumph, <laughs> do what Peter did. So what do you do? You know, they, the mighty pastor's leaving the stage. Oh, you gave this great message. Oh, you were part of the account. You started this ministry. And then you start to have doubt. What do you do? Do it. Peter did. Yell, Jesus! Instead of faking it. There's too many men and women of God who've done something right, who have been at the moment of triumph, and they have doubt, and they fake it. 
That is why so many people struggle in their faith walk because they will not admit that they're struggling. But I'm the pastor, I'm the, I'm the leader, I'm the cell leader, I'm this person. I'm, I'm having doubt right now. You need to cry out for help. Don't fake it because now you are carrying this burden of faith, of being justified. Don't fake it or you're going to feel so burdened to keep it up. I got to keep this up. I'm all knowing, I'm all powerful. That's, I, I believe that that's what wearies so many people. Number three, are we doing good here? Because you know what? Peter went through these things and he had all these miracles happen at his hand. He'd be the first one to jump and get out of that boat. Did he fail? Yeah. How many have been given a task or asked to do the task and you just go, this isn't me. It's too much. I'm going to fail. And if I fail, everyone's going to leave the faith. If I do this, everyone's going to quit the church. Let me tell you, I've screwed up so many times and y'all are still around. Oh, wow. What does real faith look like? Well, stupid statements that sound spiritual. Don't ask me how I know so many of these. Jesus takes the disciples aside, tells them that he's going to suffer and, and die at the hands of the priest and the teachers. Hallelujah, what a godly man Peter is. Peter took him aside. <clears throat> okay, just, just picture that. Jesus says, guys, I want to tell you what's going to happen. Peter gets this and goes, bro, I don't want the other guys to hear this. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Jesus, I'm going to give you a little spiritual spanking here. Never, Lord, he said. Now remember, Never, Lord. See that little line, the, the exclamation? Never, Lord. This shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said, get behind me, Satan. Talk about another triumph. Like, ah, plane's going down. You know, he thought he'd done something. Hey, I'm going to speak up. This isn't going to happen to you, bud. Get behind me, Satan. Wow. But it sounded spiritual. It sounded really good. You never said something spiritual that was just stupid or ended up being stupid? How about, you know, I, I, love, the, I love the one that says, oh, it wasn't me, it was God. You know, thank you for this trophy, but it wasn't me, it was God. You know, the, you know, the, the newscaster that, <clears throat> he goes, that was an incredible catch. You leaped up and grabbed it with one hand. How did you do that? <clears throat> you know, the guy's 6'6", six, six, fastest guy in the world. Well, it wasn't me, it was the Lord. It's like, no, it was you. 
Because if it was the Lord, I would expect that the guy who broke his leg the play before would have been healed, and 12 players would have fallen to the ground and accepted Jesus as their Savior and for them to be forgiven of their sins. Now, that would be God. But you leaping up, I mean, you've only trained for this your entire life. You leaped up. You know what? Do you believe in God and you want to credit God for you know, the man you are? Do that. But, buddy, you caught the catch. If Jesus is going to do it, I'm really expecting, you know, healings, you know, row 27 from aisle six over, all healed. You know, your marriage is put together. Now, that would be God. You know, we just have a hard time receiving a compliment. And for some reason, we always want to, well, I'm going to get a witness in here. Yeah. I'm wondering who's going to get saved because they saw that one-handed catch. It was God. Just receive it. Receive the compliment. It's just, just a silly statement. Um, you know, I, just, I like uh, God helps those who help themselves. <clears throat> if God helps those who help themselves, uh, why did I need God anyway? I helped myself. God helped me when I couldn't help myself. God saved me when I couldn't save me. God gave me peace when I had no peace. My other favorite said, bumper sticker time. God said it. I believed it. That settles it. You know what? That's just stupid. Let me tell you what the bumper sticker should say. God said it. That settled it. Who are you? Well, I believe it. That settled it. It's like there's no room for conversation for those who are doubting. It's just so exclusive. That, you know, you'd be healed if you just had a little more faith. A little. You'd get up and walk with just a little bit more faith. If you had as much faith as a mustard seed, you could move that mountain. We say so many things that are hurtful, that sound spiritual. Well, Paul has a, an answer for that. We get to see that. Wow. Number four, simple words that change the world. Simple words. This happened when Jesus, as I mentioned, when he went to Caesarea Philippi and they were trying to figure out who do people say I am? What qualified him? It wasn't a teaching from Genesis to Jesus. The simple words that Peter said was, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And he didn't change that message. Jesus said, well, I'm going to build a church on that. So when Jesus goes to the grave and is resurrected, the disciples find themselves in Jerusalem. There's a crowd of people there for Passover. And Peter stands up. And he gives a message that we've read many, many times. You're thinking, what happened here? He goes, the message that Jesus, uh, Peter gave was, Jesus is the Christ. He is the son of the living God. That's pretty much it. That was what the message was. That he is the Christ. Pretty simple. 3,000 people got saved that day. And we're trying to make, you know, I've got to do this and... I, Simple 
God truths over a lifetime is going to change lives. People, people come up to me and they go, what did you and your wife pray? What did you say to your kids? All of them are serving the Lord. All of them are in the church. And their kids. What, did, what was it that you did? And I just kind of look at them, you know, like a dog hearing a dog whistle. You know what it was? A lifetime of truthful words. A lifetime of truthful words. God, truthful words. Little ones. Little ones. Changes the world. It's changed my world. It's changing their world. It's not this big teaching. Little words of faith changes the world. That's what faith looks like. Simple. Look at Acts. Those who accepted this message were baptized and about 3,000. They were baptized and 3,000 were added to the number that day. Fantastic. What does real failure look, uh, faith look like? Failure you never thought was possible. When Jesus was arrested, Peter denied he even knew him. And a week before, you know, the crocs, you know, the, the rooster crows three times. Well, Jesus told him, You're going to do that. <laughs> Peter replied, Even if all of these other guys fall away on account of you, Peter was a boy, wasn't he something? I'm so glad he's our example today. <laughs> Even if all your disciples fall away on account of you and what you believe and what you've done, I will never. And the Titanic will never sink. Peter hit the iceberg. And that is what happens in some of our, our faith. Oh, the Lord would never let him die. Oh, I would never get divorced. Oh, I'll never do that to anybody. Oh, I would never. Uh, iceberg! And it happened. This is key. This is key. Jesus said this to Simon before that. He said, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. Okay, your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen the brothers. Let me walk this out. This is what, what happened when <clears throat> someone accused Peter of going, you, you were with this guy. He goes, I never knew the guy. 
He denied that he knew Jesus. The croc crows. He looks up. He sees Jesus' eyes. And he realized, this is what he told me. I've just sunk. I've humiliated myself. I lied and he warned me. So he met his eyes and he ran out and bitterly wept. And then after that morning, that hurting, not denying it's someone else's fault, he accepted it, I did it, I screwed up. I did this and I was warned. He turned back to strengthen the others. This is the problem where the church is, is because when that thing comes along and sinks your faith, we run and hide, we change churches, we change friends, we move, we change jobs. We need to do what Peter did. See Jesus again, not your, not, not your failure, not your shame. See Jesus again, and if you see him eye to eye, don't you know Jesus is here bleeding beaten and he looks at Peter and what Peter saw was he forgives me he is loving me he is the one beaten and he's loving me now in my denial he is loving me so you realize that and you go out and you bitterly weep and you accept you have failed you've hit your iceberg you have sunk You've been humiliated, but he still loves you. It says, return and strengthen the others. All of you who have been sunk by an iceberg and you don't have that walk of faith like you did, the Lord is calling out, return and strengthen the others. Look at Jesus and see that he loves you and he doesn't hold it against you. And weep for the time that you've backed off, the hurt that you've, shame that you've gathered. But return. That was in the, Jesus said it. He goes, after you had that moment, I prayed for your faith. So you're having doubt. You fell from your triumph. You said stupid things. Return and strengthen my church. Upon you, I'm building this church. You are the example for the rest of us. So by the Spirit of the Lord, I'm saying to those who've, been, who've hit the iceberg, Jesus has prayed for you. He's saying return to strengthen those that are about to go through it, that are going through it, that have been through it and have walked away. He's called you. The just, the holy, live by faith. And that's the faith that he's called us to. Amen. <laughs>